For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, y'all. This is Josiah Gray, and this is Half Street High Heat. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Half Street High Heat, and it's an episode that feels like old times because we've spent the past like five minutes trying to start the episode, but we're just laughing about what we were talking about uh, off air, which uh, I will not disclose, but maybe we'll like post it as a Patreon episode or something if you really want to find out the only fans, yeah, <laughs> the behind the scenes <laughs> details of. Uh, why we're so uh giggly to start this episode but i am nick you can follow me on twitter at coach moose i am joined by my lovely co-hosts ryan and amanda you can follow them on twitter at we are all shack and at a white 7877 and of course follow the show at a half street high heat what's going on not too much busy week it's my daughter's birthday today no Thanks happy birthday happy fun. birthday thank you she's getting really old she's five now wow my youngest, my little one. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Busy and uh, ready for baseball. It's been. I'm excited about the World Baseball Classic. I'm excited about spring training. I'm excited about the season starting. Wow. So she's five years old. It's almost time to have another one, isn't it? <laughs> you know what? You shut your mouth. <laughs> you shut your mouth. I would throw myself off the building. <laughs> <laughs> yeah because that's what your daughter wants to hear on her fifth birthday yeah, I, <laughs> no, I can't i am uh, i'm 45 years old i feel like there should come a point where like no seriously it's not okay like i would have a heart attack you know amanda no more for me it, it was actually like in my mind you're still 42 i don't know if that makes you feel good it or does. bad yeah you're 33 to me oh <laughs> like, that's we, sweet <laughs> we started this podcast when you're 42 so like yeah. I make Nelson Cruz jokes because he's like 42, but you're like 45. Yeah. And I always used to say like, you know, between Tom Brady and Nelson Cruz and me, we were like representing the 42 cohort pretty well. <laughs> right. Exactly. You know? Exactly. But I think we should be putting the, the baby pressure on you. You're the, you're the one who's married with no kids. No. Gonna... <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, what's going on with you? Doubling give it to the next person. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, I just discovered that rocket power is on paramount plus you know there really are two different people in life uh basically there's conversations <laughs> everyone's having here um i just discovered rocket power is on paramount plus absolutely excited time zones those are fun because world baseball classic is here oh yeah absolutely excited china plays at 5 a.m our time <laughs> and then also plays at 11 p.m our time two games in one day who doesn't love that? The beauty of time zones. They confuse the hell out of me. But I'm excited because World Baseball Classic's here. It's fun. It's great. 
all the teams are playing um, different countries. I think the Nats play Israel today. That's going to be fun because the Braves got the Dominican Republic. They got worked. So, hey, you know, maybe Nats might surprise some people. But World Baseball Classic's fun. You guys should really pay attention to it. Three teams, absolutely great. Venezuela may surprise people. Don't care about that. But, yeah, baseball's back. Yeah, that's going to be fun. I'm, uh, I'm I'm struggling with the time zones myself. I'm like, Oh, I like sit yeah. on my couch, start doing math. I'm like, okay, 5 a.m. 13 hours ahead. <laughs> and one more question before we move on. Um, what is rocket powers that you know? Are you joking? No, I'm not. What? I, thought that, I thought for sure that would be one you knew. Yeah. No. Do you know like Rugrats? Yes. Same okay, era. Yeah. yeah, same, same era, same time. Oh, just not a Nickelodeon cartoon. Yeah. But it is. Yeah, I was a little, yeah, it's a little, little past my little past my time. Top ten. What what did you watch as a kid? Thundercats, He Man, GI Joe. Oh, I love GI Joe. Yeah. Oh man, so good. good, so good. No, and actually, when my my older kids were little, we had like we bought like DVDs of all of the seasons of those, and had, that's why I don't know some of the shows that were like popular when they were little because we made them watch like Thundercats and and He Man and all the stuff that we watched because we were like, damn, if I'm not going to relive my childhood. Right. And that that's the thing with streaming. It sounds like Ryan's going through that now. And I've certainly gone through it. It's like now with every um like parent network, like Nickelodeon's Viacom that has like MTV and stuff like that. And obviously Disney plus like all these streaming or uh, all these parent companies getting streaming services, like all of our um uh, childhood cartoons are coming to streaming and like rewatching them and we're just like oh really we like this but then some of the other stuff we're like oh yeah this is awesome I see <laughs> yeah I like some it. of it holds up and some of it right. really doesn't yeah right so <laughs> all right cool well no i had no file on that one but congrats i guess worth the watch worth the watch rocket power definitely top 10 nickelodeon show arguably top five nickelodeon had some bangers a lot Indeed. of bangers um, all right, but tonight we will be continuing on with our division preview episode. Uh, tonight we are covering the AL Central, so Guardians, White Sox, Twins, Tigers, Royals, in that order. Um, talk about it's kind of some like interesting teams, but not in the sense that they're going to be like dark horse contenders. It's like as Nats fans, these team, a lot of these teams kind of stick out to me because it's are we going to be you know, like the Royals after they won the World Series, or are we going to be the Twins where we kind of fluctuate? It's just kind of an interesting conversation and um, different paths the Nats could uh, conceivably take should they, you know, figure the, their crap out over the next couple of years. But before we get into that, I want to reintroduce a segment that we had prior to our hi- hiatus, and that is the quick pitch. So speaking of quick pitch, a little bit timely. But I wanted to get your guys' take on the pitch clock. Obviously, we've seen it uh, okay. in spring training. We've seen Max Scherzer try to weaponize it. We've seen other pitchers and teams get dinged for it. And it goes both ways. It's not just pitchers. It's the hitters getting, you know, uh, dinged by it, too. So I wanted to get your guys' takes, you know, super early in spring training. We haven't obviously seen it applied to a, a real MLB game yet. But just early thoughts and opinions on the pitch clock. Mm. That is a good question. I, I struggle with it because in some ways I love it. You know, it really does speed up like more than any of the other dumb things they've tried over the past few years to speed up games. Like this one really is working. 
to speed up games, but um, I feel like it's like the pitching is maybe a little bit sloppy because guys aren't like taking the amount and maybe that will clean itself up as people get more used to it. But I don't love the part about the batter having to be in the box, looking at the pitcher when it hits eight to Mm -hmm. me, like if you're not in the box and the pitcher has to pitch, then like he can just pitch. And if you're not there, it's a strike, but I don't like the whole, like there was that one, was it a Braves game? The one that ended like a three, two count in the bottom of the ninth. Yeah. It was like, I know it was the Red Sox. I don't know who the other team was, but it was Red Sox Braves. It was the first spring training. Yeah. It was the first spring training game of the year. Yeah, I just, you know, that kind of thing, like, I don't like to see, I don't like the thought of seeing games end that way. And another idea I heard somebody throw out was like that maybe the pitch clock, uh, maybe you don't do it in the ninth inning. You know what I mean? Or So it can't, it can't decide the outcome of a game. Yeah. Which or I like, thought was an interesting idea. Maybe not on like a two strike count or a full count. Certain, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like they need to tweak it because it yeah. feels a little bit. It feels a little bit rushed. Like, I don't know if maybe they make it a little bit longer. And maybe it's just a matter of not only the the pitchers and the batters getting used to it, but we as viewers getting used to it. But um, I guess I'm a little ambivalent. I kind of like it and I kind of hate it. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat as you. I I like it. I wasn't sure how I'd feel about it. And I but I do think it helps. Um, And, you know. I'm sure everyone has pretty much seen the clip of uh, I don't know if it was pitching ninja or someone else with the uh, Cubs pitcher. I can't remember who it was where he takes like four minutes to throw a pitch or whatever. And yeah. uh, uh, you know, they're like how many inside the park home runs can happen during this clip or, you know, whatever it was. <laughs> um, but yeah. Oh no, it was uh, someone pitched a full inning and got three outs before the guy threw the next pitch. So that's obviously a very extreme case of it, but I do think the pitch clock helps. I just want it to be tweaked a little bit because mm-hmm. um, early spring training and spring training games always go much quicker and more efficient than MLB games. But you're talking about like games that are closer to two hours and three. And if you actually go to the game, nobody really cares about how long the game is. Obviously there's games that really drag on, but those are few and far between Typically, it's pretty well paced, and I don't want to have a two-hour game. Like, my travel league games last longer than two hours sometimes, and it's like once you're there and enjoying baseball, you're – you. Yeah, that's a don't really good point. I hadn't really thought about is the length when you're at this. Like, I don't want to schlep my whole damn family down to D.C. to watch a baseball game and have it be over in two hours. Right, and someone made the point. <laughs> like, I plan on that being like an afternoon. Right, right. and some, someone like, made the point, and I, I wish – I remember the the handles i could give credit but like i think we will see a tweak mainly because of beer sales and concession sales like you have to cut off at the seventh inning stretch if the seventh inning stretch is like an hour and a half into the game like you're going to miss out on a lot of profit because you know that's That's a good half of the time that you would normally be selling concessions and alcohol and whatnot so i do think we see a tweak but as far as the rule itself i like it i just I think I just want it to be a little bit longer, like five seconds longer. And I think I would be okay, but it just mm-hmm. feels really rushed and like kind of gives me anxiety watching it. I'm like, Oh my God, step in the box, step in the, bo-. like, you know, yeah. just, I, I want it to still have like a natural pace to it and not be forced. Yeah. Agree. What do you think, Ryan? Oh, I love it. It's the greatest thing Rob Manfred's ever done. <laughs> um, It is honestly what baseball is needed. There are way too many people who just take, forever 
to pitch and it's annoying as hell it loses interest for people who are there it loses interest for people watching at home and i think it's one of the best things that rob manfred's done and to completely honest with you i haven't heard a single good argument against it i think people are complaining just because it's change and people do not like change especially baseball fans do not like change i think it's absolutely incredible and they're working through the tweaks of it right now that's expected it's spring training let all this stuff happen now because it's spring training. It quite literally does not matter if another guy gets an extra strike because he took a little bit too long. It's spring training. Who cares? And I saw a stat. If you watched all 162 of your team's games last year, you would have spent 494 hours watching baseball. With the new rule, it's been cutting game times by 20 minutes league average right now, 20 minutes faster. Congratulations. You have an extra 54 hours of your life back. What are you going to do with it? I feel like watching baseball for 494 hours a season is something that I aspire to. Uh, what's the current state of the Nats? Do you? <laughs> I didn't say the Nats. I said baseball. That's what MLB TV is for. And like, what am I going to do with the extra 54 hours? Like spend time with my family? Yeah, right. I know, right? <laughs> Cry. <laughs> Um, so Ryan, would you keep it as it is? Or you, as you said, they're working through some tweaks. Do you, would you like to see any tweaks or do you like it just as it is right now? Um, to be honest with you, I like it as it is. Just let it ride. Guys are going to get used to it. It's been in the minor leagues for a while. So as prospects are coming up, they're already used to it. Prospects Mm -hmm. are used to it. So like, they're not going to have any adjustment. It's brand new for these guys. There's going to be a little bit of adjustment, but once they get the adjustment down to it, I don't think a single player is going to complain about it. Actually, I haven't really heard many players complain about it. No. To be quite honest with you. Honestly, they haven't. And you heard like Manny Machado was the, the quote I remember. He's just like, I'm going to be starting a lot of counts down 0-1 just because he wants to take his time. But like he's also a good enough hitter to start with a strike against him. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the players will adjust. I I do think the pitch clock is a good thing, but it would not shock me in the slightest if we get a week or two into the season and MLB is like, oh, we're going to add five seconds to the pitch clock just because we've seen them make last second changes before and they're not shy about doing that. I'm not saying they will or won't, but I w- it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise shock me, me if they did. Yeah. Yeah. What, do you, what was your take on Max's uh, gamesmanship? I love it. I did like too. Quick it was pitches, the most Max Scherzer thing ever. I, I will say it. quick pitches are very dangerous. And like, I don't want to be like a nerd saying that, uh, but the umpire did call a balk on it. So, you know, he couldn't weaponize it to that much, but I do like him trying to test out in the spring training. Who cares? But I, I do like him to trying to like test out and mess with the hitter. Cause that's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Good stuff. Obviously, the pitch clock is here to stay, and I think we're all in agreement. It's a good thing. It's just a matter of is it going to stay as its current iteration, or will it actually be tweaked um, at, down the line and whatnot? But anyways, let's get into our AL Central Division preview, as we did before, covering all five teams in each division. Talk about team MVPs, talk about team Cy Youngs, and some dark horse X-Factor players to watch as we enter the season and we'll also touch on when uh, us Nats fans can expect uh, our Nats to play these teams throughout the season. Cause now another rule change, every team play or every team plays every other team. It's not just a rotating division cycle anymore. So the Nats will play all other 29 teams this year, which is pretty cool. I think it's a good thing. All right, let's kick it off with your 2022 
division champions, and then it's the Cleveland Guardians, a record of 92-70 and 70 last year. Um, it The Guardians, one, probably don't get enough credit. Like, we think about the Rays and what they've been able to do. Guardians, absolute factory. They just don't really have anything to show for it. They've only had one pennant and, um, you know, not much other postseason success, but they haven't had like a full-fledged rebuild that you would have expected them to go through because they pump out talent and specifically pitching. That's definitely the strength of this team last year. You know, if we're talking team MVP team Cy Young, um, honestly, they probably had like two MVPs and honestly, it's probably not who you expect. If you had to pick one, Jose Ramirez, everyone knows, but Andres Jimenez had a 7.4 war last year. Uh, absolute stud. I'll be very interested to see if he can repeat it, but they seem to have found an answer at second base with Andres Jimenez. And then Cy Young, it's probably still Shane Bieber is one of the best pitchers in the league. Slightly, I mean, worse sounds bad, but he was still very good last year. Um, But they have a couple of guys in that rotation that can absolutely bring it. What are your guys' thoughts on the Guardians this year? Want to go first, Ryan? You want me to I, was, I was like sitting here playing roulette. I was like, I don't know if Amanda's <laughs> going. <laughs> Pull um, the trigger. <laughs> and since you insist, I'll go. <laughs> um, I don't think the AL Central is going to be as bad this year as people expect. It's actually quite interesting division, which hasn't been said about the AL Central in quite some time. I like the Guardians this year. If there is any team in this division who is going to be able to make a run in the playoffs and shock some teams, it's the Guardians. And the reason why it's shock some teams, even though that they are loaded, it's just the AL East and the AL West has some far better, far, far better teams. Mm-hmm. But the Guardians roster is rather good. Solid. Um, you already talked about you already talked about Shane Bieber. I do not think he's the best pitcher in that rotation anymore. Shane Bieber is very good. I think Tristan McKenzie finally figured it out last year, and he's going to get even better. So they have a very good one-two punch with uh, Bieber and McKenzie. The back end of the bullpen, they have arguably the second-best reliever in the game and Emmanuel Clays. And then also the rest of that bullpen is looking rather solid. And a dark horse candidate, which I don't really know if you count as a dark horse, the signing of Josh Bell isn't talked about enough. Yep. The lineup had its issues last year. Mm-hmm. We know like Jose Ramirez is the most underrated player in baseball. He's one of the best hitters in baseball. Now they got a pretty good bat behind them who's going to hit behind them every single day. If Josh Bell can do what he's done when he's hot and be a legit power threat, that completely changes that middle of the lineup. And him and Ramirez can make some serious noise. They'll win over 90 games again, and they will be a very, very tough draw for whoever they get in the first round of the playoffs. Agreed. Amanda, what are your thoughts? Yeah, well, I agree with that. I think Bell is a bigger signing for the Guardians than maybe he would have been for some other teams just because I I think other than Ramirez, they didn't really have another sort of power threat as much. And I I love the idea of him hitting cleanup. yeah, I, I think that's going to be a really big – I'm not getting them at 90 wins. I think I've got them – let me look at my notes I made. I think 87, 86, 87 wins. Um, I don't know. It seems like they've been so good for – they've been good for a while. It's just that it never seems to quite work out for them. Yeah, they don't have feel, much to show for it, basically. Yeah, 
Yeah, exactly. They um they just always seem to come up short, you know, when when you get to the end of the season and you're like, oh, are they gonna make are they gonna make a deep run? And then it just never really seems to happen. I saw some really interesting stats um when I was looking at, you know, like who was I gonna pick to to win the AL Central. And one of my favorites, see where I played my notes here. The Guardians last year were 17 and seven in games that entered the ninth inning tied. And they had seven walk-offs and 40 comeback wins. And I think that is just so cool. Like that is a team that I know they've, they've, you know, they're not exactly the same team as they were last year. Hammer in the bullpen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's basically what I I was going to bring up. Like that bullpen is unreal. And Ryan mentioned Emmanuel Emmanuel class a, but like James Karen is probably the best non-closer reliever. And he could probably close for 27 other teams and be the best pitcher in their bullpen. And that's not even the only other guy they have. So it, that great stat of mana, but it doesn't surprise me in, in the slightest. Yeah, it is. It's one of those where that kind of like the eyeball test was, you know, like, wow, they really do well in like come from behind. And you sort of have that in your mind. But when you actually see those stats, they're pretty eye popping. Like, I think this is a really good team and it's interesting. I don't, I don't think any team in the, AL Central is going to go to the playoffs except the team that wins the division. So it's going to be a dogfight, but I do think it's going to be the Guardians at the end of the day. Agreed. I think they're going to repeat as the Central winners. Agreed. Who's your dark horse? Which um, lefty? <laughs> I didn't go entirely on the lefties this time, but um, Oscar Gonzalez. Damn you. Is that who you picked? Yeah, but in my backup was Tristan McKenzie. <laughs> oh yeah well sorry continue i'll find another one all right let me find let me pull up my notes here i i looked at a lot of players on this team because there's a lot of interesting guys you know there's there's young and they're so young as i started notice i really dug down on the roster on this team it's like god this is a young team i think they were the youngest team in baseball last year yes they were and i don't know if they're going to be the youngest this year again but they're going to be damn close um gonzalez batted so he didn't go for a lot of power last year he was an interesting one because when you look at his you know he's he was in a, he's a rookie he didn't hit much he hit for pat for average but not for power early in the season and then he started hitting he only hit 11 but he really kind of came into it as the season wore on which you know you expect with a guy who's really going against major league hit or pitching for the first time but he batted 329 before his first home run so while people are expecting him to hit for power it was interesting to see how he was hitting for average and the the guy is six foot four and 230 pounds and he hit for quite a lot of power when he was in double a and triple a so i think he's my dark horse i think if he continues to improve and he can be the kind of guy that he was looking like he was going to be in triple a that he can really make a difference for this club yeah that's a great uh Great pick, obviously. That was going to be my pick, so I have to say great pick there. Um, <laughs> I will pivot and go Stephen Kwan. Not as much of a dark horse. I think a lot of people, uh, or at least know the name Stephen Kwan. Last year, his rookie year, he had the hottest start in all of baseball. He was hitting like four-something through several weeks of the season. Obviously cooled off. That's a not a sustainable average uh, to go over 162 games but his final numbers were still solid five and a half war 298 batting average his on-base percentage was 373 uh gold glove winner 19 stolen bases like really just a solid table setter uh 
he doesn't hit a lot of home runs, but I mean, when you kind of are so well-rounded that, you know, you, you kind of don't need to hit home runs, obviously home runs would be great, but like he does so much other stuff well that he's just the perfect compliment and kind of the perfect embodiment of that guardians lineup. They're not going to be super flashy with, you know, 40 home runs and 120 RBIs or anything like that, but they're all very well-rounded and they all yes, do like what guys. they do so well that, you know, they're dangerous. They are dangerous. As Ryan said earlier, they're just a tough matchup, um, you know, for anyone. So I think Stephen Kwan is kind of like a, a, like I said, an embodiment of that guardians team. Um, as far as the guardians versus the Nats go, the Nats will actually see the guardians early on in the season as uh Cleveland is coming to town April 14th through the 16th. So that'll be fun to see um, for Nats fans if you decide to go to that game. All right, moving on to the next team in uh, the division. We're talking about the Chicago White Sox. Did we get Ryan's take on the uh, uh, his dark horse? Yeah, he said Tristan McKenzie. Oh, that's right. Okay, so now you can't. Now you Okay, so I had Stephen Kwan as my other one too. That's funny. We all right, that's why I had to pivot guy. twice because you guys – Took each one of mine. That's what I get for letting you guys go first and being nice. (laughs) All right. Now we're talking about the Chicago White Sox. The White Sox are not quite an enigma might not be the best word, but (laughs) I thought they were going to be so much better than they have been over the past couple of years with, you know, the aggressive moves they've made with the seeming development they've had in some of their pitchers and young guys, uh, it does seem like the injury bug has gotten to them several times. Um, but then I kindly kind of fully jumped ship when they hired Tony La Russa. I just thought that was a complete wrong move for where that team was. Um, weird and, choice for a team full of young guys. Yeah. And obviously they agree with Tony La Russa no longer being the manager. I believe he kind of stepped down, but it was more so a polite firing. I don't even know who their manager is now. Um, I should probably look that up. But anyways, Griffle. I have no idea that is. Uh, anyways, the Chicago White Sox, 81 at 81 last year. Uh, I mean, just the epitome of mediocrity. They have the potential, but it's just a matter of can they put it all together? Uh, this year, I would say no, but the bones are there. They have really uh, attractive young players that can perform very well and have performed very well in the past. Again, it's been more injury or just growing pains with a lot of the young guys but again the, the bones are there and they do tend to develop prospects pretty well if you're talking uh mvp cy young i think it's pretty clear cut obviously there's other guys that could challenge but Luis robert or robert i don't know how you pronounce his last name um and dylan cease like two of the best players at their respective positions in baseball um so again the bones are there but the white Sox have been and probably will be the uh you know epitome of mediocrity going forward but ryan what are your thoughts on the white Sox? another interesting team here i just want to point out that last year my cy young prediction was dylan cease you were very close very close second just saying just saying just 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 saying make it Um, on the record another interesting team they got rid of tony larusa he stepped aside that might be the best thing that ever happened to them they have a new coaching staff coming in and it's just an interesting time for a team that is in the middle of their championship window but has a lot of question marks 
They lost Jose. I'm not sorry. Yeah, they lost Jose Abreu. That hurts. They did sign mm-hmm. Benny Biceps. Um, their bullpen kind of took a hit, losing Liam Hendricks, but there were some issues there towards the end. They brought in Mike Clevenger. He's off to a dynamite start on the new team. Just <laughs> don't Google. I uh, no, no, do Google uh, Liam Hendricks. Yeah. Uh, criminal uh, issues right now. No, 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 no not Liam about. Hendricks. Mike Clevenger. Oh, no, sorry, sorry, sorry. Mike Clevenger. <laughs> Liam, <laughs> Liam, Hendricks Hendricks. Has, Liam Hendricks has something completely different going Liam on. Liam Hendricks catching strays over here. Yeah. <laughs> Liam Hendricks, do not sue me. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so they are very interesting. I just, I don't know. They're, they're just interesting. Like their biggest thing right now, and it's such a cop out, but my dark horse for this team is health. Can they be healthy? Because they haven't been healthy in a long time. When they're healthy, this lineup is good. Tim Anderson, leadoff hitter, 300 hitter, 25 plus home, 20 home runs, 25 home run guy for a shortstop. Elite, Luis Robert, real deal. I absolutely love him. Eloy Jimenez, Yoan Moncada, love him. Benny Biceps, he's just there. Yeah. I, I don't know. I just don't like him, but his number is always decent. The rotation after Cease is very interesting. Can Lucas Giolito bounce back? Will they have Mike Clevenger this year? Michael Kopech, can he figure things out? Lance Lynn, Porkchop, you know, he's just there. It's just very, very interesting. And with a new coaching staff, I don't know if that is going to be a transition year for them while they get things situated, or can this coaching staff have them hit the ground running? I don't know. So I'm yeah. I I think they're going to be back towards 500 again just because there's a lot of question marks that I just I just going more like a same same ish record as last year. Yeah. Yeah, I was I'm I was thinking a little more like maybe 84-ish wins, so not significantly different than last year, but you're right, you know, the thing with Mike Clevenger, I, it does look like I mean baseball's not going to suspend him, so unless something legal sidelines him, he's going to play. Um so, you know, Giolito's a question mark. I don't know what to expect from him, but I completely agree with you, Ryan, that it's really health because if they're healthy, they look like a much more, they look like a pretty dangerous team, but they were such a disappointment last year. I don't remember what I picked for them, picked them to win last year, but I just felt all year like, wow, they really underperformed what I was expecting. Um, their their new manager is Pedro, is it Griffal, 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 I don't know how to say it. Um, he's a first-year manager. I can't remember where they hired him from. But, um, you know, first-year manager, I don't know. We, I never really have high hopes for first-year managers, but maybe he'll, you know, be it. I think it'll be an improvement, and maybe he'll be a better fit for this roster than Tony La Russa. Um, My dark horse for them is, um, you mentioned him, Nick, Yoan Moncada. I think he's a guy where it, he's one of those. He was not healthy last year. And his last really good year was in 2019. But if he can, if he can even perform close to what he did then, and it does look like he's healthy, he's given some interviews from spring training talking about how good he feels and how well he's prepared. And the new manager seems to really like him. He's had really complimentary things to say. So, you know, maybe he's going to give him an opportunity to to play more. He he was injured last year right at the end of spring training and then went he didn't come back till May, then was right on the IL again in June and then again in August. So he really barely played and he only hit 212. Um so it was definitely not a good year. But he's 
the way he's talking and the and the way he's performed in the past, I think that if he can if he can perform anything close to that, he'll be a really important piece of this team. And he's also a switch hitter. And uh, you know, with no shifts this year, I think he was you see, he was shifted when he hit from the left, he was shifted against over 78% of his at bats. So, you know, he hit for considerably higher weighted on base. This is one one of those where I looked at the that stat again, like we talked about in the last episode, is his weighted on base into the shift was 233 from the left side and it was 334. Um, you know, an average on that is somewhere around 320-ish. So it's above average. It's not, you know, like world beating or anything, but um, you know, if he can be above average, that would be a big improvement from what he what he did last year. And I think he could be an important depth piece. Yeah, I like that. I like both your dark horses. I completely agree with Moncada. Like he has the ceiling to get there. It's just a matter of can he sustain it and health? Yeah, absolutely. Like it, it might be a cop out in some people's eyes, but it, it's true. Like they've on I test have been one of the more injured teams in baseball and two key contributors as well. Uh, my dark horse is Kendall Graveman um, for no other reason than the fact that they're going to be without Liam Hendricks for a time. Um, well, he it's cancer, right? Liam Hendricks has cancer. Yes. Um, so, Oh my God. I completely forgot about that. Yeah. So that, that's and why you accused we, him of domestic we, abuse. Yeah. So like, yeah. <laughs> Oof, bad guy. Me. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they're going to be without him. Uh, the for, revenge of John Lester. I just that <laughs> for an extended period of time. <laughs> so they're going to need someone to step up in that bullpen. And they do have uh, good arms in that bullpen. I just picked Kendall Graven because he has closing experience. He's had a couple solid years the past couple uh, seasons with the Mariners and Astros. So he might get the first crack uh, at the closer job um, filling in, but regardless, he's a vet in on a young team on a young put, uh, bullpen staff that uh, he'll lead them and uh, he can build some value for himself. Should they uh, sell at the deadline or anything like that, if they're not in contention. So uh, the nationals will, I'm trying to see if this is home or away. I believe they're at home. We'll see the white Sox September 18th to the 20th. So a little bit later in the year. Uh, we'll see if we catch them health, healthy or if they're uh, struck by the injury bug yet again. All right, moving on to the next team in the division. That is the Minnesota Twins. Similar to the White Sox, you know, they kind of go up and down. But if you average it all out, they're pretty mediocre as well. Always having around 500 last year, 78 and 84. Um, talking MVP, Cy Young. MVP, when he's healthy, Byron Buxton. Uh, just absolutely electric. Uh it's he always gets the Victor Robles comps or uh, Victor Robles always gets the Byron Buck, Buxton comps. Um, if Victor Robles turns into anything close to Byron Buxton, I will eat a shoe like narrator. <laughs> he's never going to turn into anything yeah. close to Byron. Um, Buxton. Byron Buxton is electric. It's just can he stay healthy, which I mean, I think he's been injured in every single season he's ever played. So yeah. that's a big if. But when he's on. He's must watch TV. Uh, Cy Young, you don't think Correa that wouldn't be your MVP? Well, Correa is awesome. Like, uh, you know, if you listen to our top shortstops in baseball, like you, you heard my argument for Correa, mm -hmm. and I think he's the most well-rounded shortstop in baseball. I'm just going. I think his Buxton's ceiling is higher, so that's why I'm going Buxton. I and plus he's been there longer, so I think that team goes when Buxton goes. Yeah, that's kind of my 
if you picked Gray, I would not argue, basically. Um, as far as Cy Young goes, it's probably Joe Ryan, which seems crazy because like he's relatively new to the team and young and whatnot. Um, but he's a solid pitcher. There's nothing wrong with Joe Ryan, but they do have an okay staff, uh, Sonny Gray and some others there. Um, I don't know what to expect from this team. It seems like every two to three years they have a playoff push and then they really suck and then playoff push and then they really suck. So I, I don't really know what to expect, but like some other teams, they have the bones to compete. It's just a matter of, can they put it all together? Uh, Amanda, we'll start you with you this time. What are your thoughts on the twins? Yeah. Um, they are kind of a hard one to, to predict because they are so, so mediocre. I mean, I'm picking them to go a straight 581 wins, which is actually a slight improvement over last year. Um, yeah, I don't think they have the juice to compete in their division. And I don't think, um, the, I don't think they're going to be able to put enough wins together to compete for the wild card. So I'm not picking them as a playoff team, but, um, yeah, Buxton is, he's actually is not much of a deep dive, but he's actually my dark horse because of his health. Um, he is one of those guys where he, like you said, his ceiling is immense, but he just never has been able to, to get there. Um, he's apparently going to get used a lot as a DH. If you kind of read about, you know, how the manager's been talking about him just to manage Michael his time. A. Taylor. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> I was hoping we thought. could get through this without mentioning him. Well, thanks, Ryan. Anyway, so Buxton is, I don't know, he's one of those guys where if if he can put it together, that's why he's my dark horse. If he, like you said, if he goes, the team goes. They've, they don't have a lot of other big Correa, obviously, but beyond that, there's, there's not a lot that kind of, you know, lights your hair on fire. Um, but his numbers, and this is another one where I looked at these, how does, you know, how is the ban on the shift going to affect him? And he's a righty, so you don't think of it as much, but he was shifted on 78.8% of his at-bats last year, which was 301 at-bats. And when he was shifted against, his weighted on base was 312. And this is one of the most dramatic changes I've seen when I've been looking at these stats for a lot of players. When he's not shifted, or when the defense isn't shifted against him, his weighted on base is 517. Like he could have a monster year at the plate if he can be healthy. So that to me is going to be super. And that's the thing about the twins I'm most interested in this year is to see, can he be healthy? And if he is, I'm dying to see what his offensive numbers look like. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Um, my dark horse is Max Kepler. Um, he's a guy. What's that? Kepler. Kepler. Uh, he's a guy. No, here's a guy. Um, no, here's a guy. <laughs> like, I feel like he should. Uh, this is such a cop. I feel like he should be better than he is. And I don't know if his 2019 season was just a product of the juice baseballs as so many others experienced. Mm-hmm because that's really his outlier year, but that kind of makes him a dark horse because if he has 36 home runs in the tank, like that would be a dark horse, you know, that would be something you hope to get out of a player. Um, you know, if you're trying to compete uh, a guy who only hit nine home runs for you last year, if he can bump that up to 25 to 30. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that, that'd be pretty good. So I, I, I'm not saying I predict it. He probably had the worst year of his career last year. So at the very least, he'll be a, ba- a bounce back candidate. But 
he's someone who can contribute a lot to a team that, like I said before, has good bones and they need performances from those kind of supplementary guys to really take them over the top. You want to hear an interesting thing? Um, as up? you were talking, I pulled up his numbers on the shift just to, because he's a lefty and uh, he was shifted on 90% and he had a higher weighted on base when shifted than he did when not shifted last year, at least which makes you wonder why the hell were people shifting? <laughs> he, was, he was doing better. He had a 191 weighted on base without the shift and a 310 with it, which is still slightly below average even with it, but like way below average without. So that's a weird, that's a weird stat. I don't think I've seen very many where guys get shifted very often. And yeah, that's weird. It makes me so happy that Amanda is now using Woba. Like you just... Talk about talk about character development. That just, no, that I know, just makes right? me well, so happy. This one fascinates me because my I think I mentioned this in the last episode. My mo the thing I am most interested in about MLB this entire season is how the shift ban affects offense, especially from lefties. Like I'm fascinated by it. I cannot wait to see because people have been talking for years and years and years about the, the shift and what it does and does it work and should they use it and you know like how does it affect hitters and should they ban it and now they finally have and it's like we're going to get a real life look at it and i am just can't wait to see what the numbers look like next year when i love it and done. i love it um i'm kind of in the same boat with you guys my dark horse as well is byron buxton when he's healthy he's one of the best players in the league it's just homeboy's never healthy mm -hmm. like my my man's is never healthy but if he is this team and this lineup will be an issue because i do love the lineup buxton correa polanco is a fantastic one, two, three. Max Kepler, dude's got a great name, so he's automatically a little bit better. It will be banned to shift. They signed Joey Gallo, said, hey, no one shifted more than him. Let's mm -hmm. do it. And then the Red Sox pulled the left fielder and put him in the shifted spot. Poor Joey Gallo. He can never escape the shift. I feel so bad for him. But <laughs> I love the lineup. My question with this team is that rotations full of a bunch of guys who, if they were their your three pitcher in your rotation, you'd be so happy. I love Pablo Lopez. I think that's a fantastic move for them. He's not an ace. Sonny Gray, good, not an ace. Joe Ryan, good, not an ace. Tyler Malley, Kenta Maeda, all those guys are threes. There's no ace. You need an ace. That rotation worries me a little bit. Um, if things go right, I think they could push 87 wins. If things never go right in Major League Baseball, that's just life. So I think they're going to be closer to the 84 win range. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, well, I just realized when you mentioned Pablo Lopez and Joey Gallo that I should be mentioning the additions that each team has. Uh, but those are obviously two big ones for the Twins and not to mention the whole receiving end of the Carlos Correa saga. And we don't have to dive into that, but yeah, but man, that's something we should talk man. about at some point. But God, that was weird. Yeah, <laughs> we don't have to do it now. But signed the, the most richest contracts in MLB history. Um, but yeah, it, it'll, it'll certainly be interesting to see if uh, the Twins can figure it out because they made some like supplementary moves to like Dylan Bundy, Michael Fulmer, and Kyle Farmer and stuff like that. So it'll just be interesting to see if they can have one of those twins years where they really make a push I don't, on paper. No, but baseball isn't played on paper. Otherwise, you know, we would true. see very different results year to year.
Um, as far as the uh, Nationals go, the Nats will visit the Twin Cities in April, the 21st through the 23rd. So we will see the Twins early in this year. And uh, yeah, so let's, uh, before we move on to the Tigers, let's pause five seconds to get a word from our sponsors. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. All right, we are back. And continuing on with the AL Central preview, talking about the Detroit Tigers. Uh, last year, kind of a disappointing year for them, 66 and 96, coming off their impressive second half in 2021. I thought they would be much better last year. I didn't have them in a playoff spot or anything, but I certainly had them more competitive than 66 wins. If you're looking at their team, Kind of uninspiring. I don't know if I'm alone in this opinion, but I wouldn't I was, call it kind of. Yeah, I was like trying to pick an MVP and a Cy Young, and like I don't need them to be league MVP or Cy Young, but even just for the team. You know, representing the team well. And you know, that, that's not to say everyone on their team is a scrub, but like, dang, <laughs> I would have thought after however many years they are into this rebuild that they would have a little bit more to show for it. But here they are fourth place in a weak division and uh, we'll see where they go. But if I did have to pick an MVP, um, Eric Haas, Hasse, I don't know how you say his last name. So many last names. We don't know how to pronounce tonight. Um, mm-hmm. Their catcher. I, I kind of did him a little bit of disrespect there because he was very good last year. Uh, his numbers, I should have pulled them up so I can back up what I'm about to say, but he was very good last year. Um, as I'm trying to stall, I misspelled his last name last year, uh, 748 OPS, 44 RBIs, 14 home runs. Um, he also plays left field. So kind of like split, split position, but he was a kind of an unexpected bright spot on the team. Um, the last, last couple of years has been really solid for them, especially by catching or catcher numbers. Um, really solid. I don't really know what else to say about this team because they're just so average. Like we thought the twins were average and the mm-hmm. white Sox were average, but I don't think they're average. No, I just mean like they're players. <laughs> like, yeah. like the twins and white Sox at least had like 
Dylan Cease and Carlos Correa and Byron Buxton, but like the Tigers, man, they like, I don't even know where to start with them. What are your guys' thoughts on the Tigers? What do you think, Ryan? You want to go first this time? You want me to? I'll take yes. it. Oh, go, go, go ahead. Go <laughs> yeah, ahead. yeah. So um, Miguel Cabrera is, I guess, the only thing that like I find super interesting. Um, I'm picking them to to finish last, I think maybe 70 ish wins which would be an improvement over last year but i don't know i mean it's funny i remember am i crazy or were people talking about possibly playoffs for them at the beginning of last season before uh, that you're not crazy because they finished 2021 so strong and like we thought aj hinch was really gonna turn the tide for the tigers and like lead them somewhere but 2022 was awful for them yeah i mean it was really awful i mean they like barely avoided a hundred loss season, which, which is fine. I mean, that happens, obviously that's pretty much what they were predicting for the Nats this year. Like that happens with teams rebuilding, but you know, it doesn't often happen for a team that people were talking about playoff aspirations. Like that is a massive underperformance. Um, So I don't know this, like I said, there's just not much going on here. That's interesting to anybody who's not a Tigers fan. Um, uh, Riley Green is another player that I'm in. I just, I love players who play defense like, I mean, pardon the expression, like it's their job because it is, but he plays amazing defense. And I love, if you, I went back when we were, you know, I was looking at players to pick for the dark horse on this team and watching some of the clips from his defensive plays last year, the way he just lays himself out is awesome. So I like this kid. Um, he is... I guess, like I said, he'll be my dark horse pick, I guess, because I couldn't really come up with anybody else who I thought he did, didn't hit very well. Um, his offense is not very impressive, but his defense is. So I think if he can even get to kind of be average or slightly above average at the plate, then, you know, he could be a, a kind of a spark plug. But this team's not going anywhere. Ryan, what are your thoughts? Yeah, Tigers are an interesting team. There are storylines there for them. It was an off-season kind of disappointment for fans. Fans wanted them to go out and be aggressive in the market. Ownership decided not to because they thought that they weren't ready after making some moves last year. But the most important things that the Tigers made last year is that they have a new coaching staff. They had – they made some changes to the coaching staff. The coaching in Detroit was quite possibly the worst in the league, and that's not an over-exaggeration atrocious coaching and also taking the fact that they made changes to Comerica as well, which is going to help because the Nicholas Cassiano's effect, look what happened to him as soon as he left. That ballpark sucks. That ballpark is not very good to hitters. They made some changes for it as well. And surprisingly, they have some good depth. You know, they've had a lot of guys graduate their farm system last couple of years. So their farm rank isn't very well. But what they do have is a lot of young guys who have good potential and didn't perform as best as they could. But the rotation might surprise. You know, you got Eduardo Rodriguez, Spencer Turnbull, Tariq Scooball, Matthew Boyd, Michael Lorenzen, Matt Manning, Joey Wentz, Bo Briskay, Reese Olsen. Pretty good names there. That is good depth, surprisingly, for the Detroit Tigers. The lineup is interesting as well. I do like the infield with Torkelson. Jonathan Scope, Javi Baez, Austin Meadows, Riley Green. I really like him as well. Of course, Miggy is there. But the biggest questions for them are going to be, is this coaching staff you know, somewhat complacent? And will the offense changes to the ballpark help them in any way? 
If it does, this is a team that's going to be pushing 75 wins. If the ballpark still sucks and the coaching still sucks, we're going to see a lot of guys underperform still, which is unfortunate. And they're going to have a lot of questions to, <laughs> to figure out with a very long rebuild. But the pieces are there and the Tigers are moving in the right direction. And that 75 win is very possible. What do you think about you guys both? What do you think about Spencer Torkelson? Uh, I'm glad you mentioned him because he's actually my dark horse. Um, Former number one overall pick in baseball. I think it was two years ago, 2020 maybe. Um, But Spencer Torkelson has not had the uh, hot start that many wish he would have had. And obviously that he wished he would have had actually got sent down after making his debut and being up for a little bit. Uh, Not a great feeling, I'm sure, and not a great uh, inspiration for optimism for Tigers fans. But I I don't think you should give up on Spencer Torkelson or, you know, stop believing in him. I think he will bounce back. I, I just rookies are in young players they develop at their own pace and even though he played college ball and even though he was the number one overall pick there's nothing to say that he's going to be a hall of famer that he's going to be the next miguel cabrera obviously mm-hmm. you know miggy's a great person to learn from but it doesn't mean it's going to like all happen at once and with the tigers being a 20 or a 66 win team in 2022 like there, there's no pressure on him and we've talked about this with the nats like it's different when you're a 95 win team and you're making your debut and you have to fill a, like a necessary role for a playoff team. When you're a 60 win team or in the Nats case, like a 50 win team, you know, you can allow some patience with your young guys. And I think that's what the Tigers really need to do with Spencer Torkelson. Cause obviously he's where they have a lot of their chips placed, you know, for their future. Um, so I think, deal with the growing pains, reevaluate at the end of the year. That would be my advice. And I, I do think he will certainly be better than last year. Cause last year was pretty bad. Yeah. He, he was a victim of Comerica last year. Yeah. Many people are victims of Comerica. Like his bad class action profile, lawsuit. Literally. <laughs> it, it's there. You can tell he's one like rather, rather unlucky. He had a game last year where he went over four, and his softest hit ball was 105.5 off the bat. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. He went over four with an expecting batting average of 850, 230, 645, 10. And that's over four. Jeez. America takes a lot of souls. I really want to see what he does this year. He's just been unlucky. Yeah, those stats are crazy. Yeah. Man, that must that must suck to feel like you're doing everything right and you just can't get any results. <laughs> That, that's that's right. why I like love advanced metrics like that. And I don't even know if exit velocity is that advanced of a metric anymore. Um, but, you know, it's almost like a better indication of success than some of these other stats. And, you know, at least gives you a reason to believe or still believe in Spencer Torvalson. Like, I, I do think he will be fine. And to Ryan's point, the altered dimensions are like they've altered them to help their their home players. That's why you see, you know, Toronto doing it. And that's why you see come, um, you know, Comerica doing it. And that's why you see a couple of other organizations altering their dimensions of parks that have been around forever because they want to help their, their team. Unless you're the Orioles, then I guess you don't like home runs to left field, but 
I guess the Orioles have sucked for so long. They don't want teams just automatically hitting home runs against them. But um, yeah, I, I do think he will certainly bounce back. Um, as far as the Nats go, they will travel to Detroit. Um, can't read my handwriting. May 19th through 21st. I like. I think I was starting to write April, but then I wrote May over it. So it was like April 19th through 21. But it's May 19th through 21. So kind of two evenly matched teams there uh, will be facing off. Uh, Basement battle. Yeah, exactly. All right. Rounding out the AL Central is the Kansas City Royals. Last year, 65 and 97. Um, I mentioned it off the top of the show, like kind of a interesting possible parallel to watch with the Royals. Obviously, they won the World Series in what, 16? 15 or was it 14 15 that they went back to back? 14 15. 14 15. 16 was the Cubs. Yeah. So they won in 15. They made it in 14. Um, since then, has not been a great time for the Royals. Uh, they kind of sold out to win the World Series. Obviously, they did that. Um, that's great. And, you know, they're paying for it now, which every team would make that trade. We said we would. And now we're paying for it. <laughs> um, but the Royals certainly are. But I do think they're about to turn that corner. Like they're not going to, they might be basement dwellers, but I think they're like the Tigers, at least in your guys' mind, they will make a step up this year. They've had their top prospects debut. Now it's about getting them seasoning and really turning them into cons- consistent contributor. Oh, God. Consistent contributors to their team. Uh, words just kicking my ass tonight. Um, <laughs> if you're talking MVP, Bobby Witt, like whether he was the best player statistically or not, he's the new face of the franchise. That team goes if he goes and had a really, really solid rookie campaign last year. I believe it was 2020, if I'm not mistaken. Um, 20 home runs, 20 stolen bases. Before I like declare him that, I'm going <laughs> to double check. Yeah, 20 home runs, 30 stolen bases. So he had a great... Nice. Uh, rookie year you need to see his on base percentage bump up a little bit but if it does you're gonna see his numbers go crazy uh Cy Young Brady Singer like not many people have heard of him had a very solid year last year like a 3-2 ERA 154 innings they still got like the wackiest pitcher in baseball Zach Grinke always entertaining Mm -hmm. to watch him and his uh I don't know if you guys saw the Dodgers have that prospect that with a fractured hand in his bone. So he's not swinging during spring training, but he's still getting at bats so he can track pitches. Zach yeah. Rinke being the uh, goofball and wacky pitcher that he is knew this. He goes like 93 down the middle, EFIS strike two, and then EFIS ball one, and then 92 down the middle. Like just <laughs> really entertaining to watch Zach Rinke. I mean, him going back to the Royals is just like such a fitting end to his career. Um, but yeah, the Royals, not, I like him. Yeah, just just an odd one. Mm-hmm. I respect that. Um, what are your guys' thoughts on the Royals? Is this the year they kind of make the next step? No, oh. no, it is not. And uh, yeah, I was, I was, I was about to say, I was like, I disagree with everything you're saying right now, but. Amanda, Amanda, go ahead. Well, goddamn. <laughs> no, it is not the year. I don't think that they put it all together. I mean, it's been a long rebuild. I mean, they they won the World Series. It was 2015. Um, and they, looking back, have not had a record over 500 since then. Like, 
that's rough. I mean, I feel bad being a Nats fan right now with the way our team has been since they won the World Series, but damn, that's rough stuff. Um, I don't think they're going to be much better this year. I'm thinking around 70. I think they're going to be in their annual battle with the Tigers for last place in the Central. Um, they do have a lot of really cool, really good young players. You mentioned um, Singer and Bobby Witt, obviously. Um I like Bobby Witt a lot because Witt is my maiden name. So no relation, but I'm always rooting for him. Um, Singer is super interesting. He had a, a not great, um, not great 2021, but really strong last year. Um, let me see, 3-2-3 ERA and a 1.14 whip. So, you know, he's, I guess he's their best starter, right? I mean, looking at their lineup, I'd say, or their uh, rotation, I'd say he's their best. Oh, yeah, that's why I gave him the Cy Young. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but uh, the Cy Young for them. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what I mean. All of these are yeah, exactly. Cy Youngs. I'm but not you saying like somebody. Yeah. Spencer Turnbull is going to win the, you know, AL Cy Young or anything like that. But yes, continue. Yeah. Okay. Um. And then my uh, my dark horse is Vinny Pascantino, who's not only is his name fun to say, but it's an Italian breakfast, which is a really weird nickname. I'm not sure. It's my dark horse as well. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. He is a super interesting player. Um, Young guy, 2022. He's, he is, when you look at, again, I'm looking at these, these shift stats. He is at the top of the list for the Royals for who gets shifted against the most. So we're likely to see his, his Woba without the shift is 422, um, which is, you know, pretty fantastic. Um, Anything over 400 is pretty fantastic. So I'm, I'm real interested to see, how things go for him coming up. But I think, you know, he's a guy who, if he has a, I mean, I guess I said right up front, no, this is not a year where they, they, you know, make a playoff run or anything. But I do think, as you mentioned, Nick, in the the opening of, of this, that they, they are finally starting to see some of the fruits of this rebuild. Like you're starting to see some of these young prospects get into into the big leagues and start to make an impact. So yeah, that's more what I meant by taking the next step than like playoff push, but yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, He was really good. Pascantino was really good last year. I don't feel like it got a lot of attention outside of Kansas city. Um, But you know, he struggled a bit when he first started. Looks like his average when he first came up in the first couple of months was like 200 or under 200 but after he got used to things you know he really he, he was hitting 328 in the final 50-ish games of the season with the 406 on base and in with young guys especially rookies in their first year in the majors I really like to kind of split the season in half and look at what do they do at the beginning and what do they do at the end because that could be a huge difference when people are adjusting to a new level not just at the majors but even when you go from double a triple a you know if you look at if you look at them, those seasons split up, you can sometimes see a pretty obvious um, difference as they settle into a new level. And I think that was the case with him. And if he can maintain what he was doing in the, the second half of last year and even improve upon it, he's he's going to be a, he's going to be really good. He's going to be a real important player for them. Agreed. And he had a breakout year in a short amount of time from a third, first baseman on a last place team and didn't require performance enhancing drugs to do so. Slow. <laughs> Little shot there, Ryan. What are your thoughts on the Royals? Yeah, if I'm a Royals fan, I'm just happy that the Chiefs exist. Like, I just don't get what this <laughs> team's doing. Like, nothing they do makes sense, and there doesn't seem to be a lot of hope either. Like, you're looking at a team that's drafted in the top five for I don't know, 
five of the last seven years and they don't even have a top 15 farm system. And yeah, like Bobby Wet and Singer graduated, but that was only two guys. And especially where they are consistently drafting, this farm system needs to be a lot better. And they don't really have a lot of good minor league depth either. So I look at this team, I try to figure out what they're doing. I don't get it. Like I completely do not get it kind of feels like a perpetual rebuild that isn't getting anywhere. It's it's so weird. Like, yeah, they added 25 a 25 million AAV to their team this year. That's great. But then you look who they spent it on, you're like, oh. Like outside of my cousin Vinny, outside of Bobby, outside of Singer, there's nothing else to really root for or watch or be excited about. There's not really great reinforcements coming in the minor leagues. They're stuck with Hunter Dozier, who's had back-to-back Michael Franco-worthy seasons on the Nationals. It's just weird. Like, I just don't get what they're doing. That, like We've had people from MLB Pipeline come on and talk about how the Nats farm system should be better than it is. And like some people do have the Nats farm system ranked around 10. The Royals have been rebuilding for seven years, and they still don't have a top 15 farm system. It just doesn't. Is it just bad sense. drafting? I wonder what it is that's keeping them from, you know, when you're when you're. I think it's bad everything. Thinking that that high for that many years, it's it's crazy to think that you're not hitting more picks. I mean, I know that baseball more than any other sport, you're, you, you know, sometimes they just don't pan out. Even first overall picks, first round picks, they don't always pan out, and they take forever to get to the majors. Like all of that having been said, it just seems crazy that they. It's Their just farm system weird. isn't ranked higher at this point. It's just weird. Like we've seen teams really, really commit to the tank, like the Baltimore Orioles did. But the Baltimore Orioles were building a absolute machine of a hitting lab in the minors, and also a pitching lab because they got some pretty good pitching prospects. But the Royals just—it isn't there. I—it's another lost year for the Royals, in my opinion. They're going to be picking in the top five again because they're a small market team, so they're going to be able to be in that spot. It's just bad. It's just bad days. Just enjoy, enjoy Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey because that's that's all the city's got. Do you have a dark horse? Is the or is the dark no. horse the Chiefs? <laughs> the dark horse is Patrick Mahomes comes on over and saves your franchise. No, well, he, um, he did play. Uh, the, he did play baseball, and I think he's a part owner of the Royals, so he, he could be he drafted. It's going to be like Maybe you know should, what? yeah. This team sucks. I'm taking over. I'm better than you. And he's going to bring Travis Kelsey and all of his other friends who are freak athletes on that team. And they're just going to figure it out. Probably yeah. better than what they got now. I would, I would pay good money to see that. <laughs> yeah. Um, You can pay good money, but you would have to go to Kansas City because that's where the Nationals are going May 26th oh. to the 28th. And that will round. Well, I guess their last uh, series would be against the White Sox in September, but they face most of the al central in april and may um but that does it for our al central wrap-up preview all that good stuff next episode we'll be tackling the al west and some exciting teams out there um but that pretty much does it for this episode you guys got anything else before we head out i don't think so there's not much uh, oh victor robles got hurt should we talk about that maybe nah i'm, I'm good the report was good, though. <laughs> Fair enough. Then I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> it's spring training. Like, if he has to have surgery, then it's then it'll be breaking news. But like, that everyone knows how I feel about Victor Robles. 
if he misses a month of the year, it means nothing to this team. Like, sorry, <laughs> like he, he just this team's gonna. Yeah, be like I don't like to see anybody same. get hurt, and and right. best wishes to him. Obviously, you know, I hope if I hope it's nothing serious, and if it is, I hope he recovers yes. quickly and completely. Sure. But I don't think it's gonna have a great big impact on the team. That that's just yeah, that's my point. It's like this team's gonna be exactly the same with or without Victor Robles. So. It is what it is. Wish him the best, and hopefully it's not anything major. But, you know, it is what it is with the Nats right now, if you can't mm-hmm. tell. It's going to be a lot of that this season. It is what it is. Yeah, that's <laughs> all it can be. Ryan, you got anything before we head out? Um, I just thank God every day that I don't live in Kansas City. <laughs> there you go. Oh, and watch the World Baseball Classic. People. Watch the World yeah. Baseball Classic. USA plays this weekend against Britain. Um, this one's personal. <laughs> oh man um quick thoughts on who wins the world baseball classic how uh, we had a, this is a good time to plug the, the website there was an article on the website today with the picks from the uh from the crew on who they think wins i'm picking i'm i'm the homer i'm picking the good old us of a i i'm, I'm sticking with the dr like i know I, they've lost some guys but still <laughs> I, I I know I I went with the DR at first just because even with losing dudes that lineup just yep. absolutely insane. So it's the pitching staff crazy good. But I'm gonna I want to go Japan. They have an absolute three headed monster in that yeah. rotation. Their pitching is yeah. Their pitching yeah. is insane. I would like to see Japan win and just because that country is so baseball crazy, and it would be oh awesome to see the reaction. Did you see 36 million people watch the team like practice? <laughs> Seriously, I did not see that. That's insane. Thirty-six million people watched the exhibition game that uh, Team Japan had before. Yeah, I know that everybody calls baseball. Rob Manfred would have blacked it out. (laughs) I know he would have. I was, but yeah, like America writ large does not love baseball as much as Japan loves baseball. Yeah. So. Amen. Yeah. So that would be fun to see. So we've got three picks. One for Japan, one for U.S., and one for Dominican Republic. And then, like, the Venezuela will win it all or something, you know. Right. So we'll all be wrong. Yeah, exactly. All right. But that does it. Like I said, next episode, we'll be covering the AL West. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Half Street High Heat for all the latest updates. Be sure to check out HalfStreetHighHeat.com. Monty and the crew pumping out stuff every single day. Follow Half Street High Heat on YouTube. Trey pumping out videos several times a week. He is in mid-season form himself. And follow the shape of his life, people. No, 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 not doing that. Um, <laughs> and follow us all on Twitter uh, at uh, a white seven eight seven seven for Amanda at we are all Shack for Ryan and at the Coach Moose for myself. We appreciate you listening. And in the meantime, let's go Nats. And I was going to say let's go USA, but in my case, let's go DR. In Ryan's case, let's go Japan. So. Let's go, Nats. There's a new breeze blowing off the banks of the Potomac. A new team is mowing down the ranks of their opponents. The Nationals are smashing balls so that the commentator who has the calls has passed the wall to see you later.
by the early light of dawn Well you can see they're running scared Cause the kinds of bombs we're launching are bursting in the air Tell the Library of Congress that they might not want to look Cause we're putting curly W's in every book Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.